Hi there. Welcome to the High Road to Leadership. I'm your host, Beverly Lewis, and we are on the road to success and significance. And today I have a big treat for you. Got somebody in the studio right here with me. Willie Spears is an author and a keynote speaker. Willie uh, started out as a football player, went to college on a football scholarship, graduated, got his master's degree. He's owned his own business since then. And this is such an exciting conversation that you're getting ready to listen into. But let's start. I want to welcome you, Willie, and say the name of your business is the Willie Spears Experience. So tell us about that. Well, thank you for having me, Beverly. It's an honor to be here. I love what you do and how you reach people and how you add value to people's lives. And that's what we do. The experience is we want to add value. I spoke recently in North Dakota at Minot State University. I spoke to four groups while I was there. There were actually five groups. And one of the young men, one of the football players, he posted on his social media. He said, Willie Spears will make a cat into a lion with one of his speeches. And that's what the experience is. We want to take you to another level. Uh, I was a coach for many years, and coach is a Hungarian word. It was where we get horse and buggy from, the coach with a horse and buggy. So the object of the coach, the purpose, is to get you to a place that you had not, could not get to had you not met that coach. And if you were going to get there, he's going to get you there faster, or she's going to get you there faster. So what I want to do, I want to inspire, I want to motivate, I want to encourage you to be the very best version of yourself every day. And so Zig Ziglar said that somebody asked him one day, doesn't motivation run out? I mean, doesn't it get old? And don't you, I mean, what's up with this motivation? He said, well, it's like bathing. You need it every single day. And so we want to provide motivation. The experience means we're going to add value to your life and you're going to have an aha moment. You're going to have a, you know what? I never thought about it that way. You know what? That makes sense. And so our goal is to help you go from good to great. And that's the Willie Spears experience. That's beautiful. And I, you know, I found it very interesting in our conversation before we were recording, uh, when we were just really meeting by phone for the very first time, I mentioned that the motivation behind what I do is that everything rises and falls on leadership. And that's why I do this podcast. That's why I do the training that I do. That's what you do. And when you said that's what that's I opened a speech yesterday with that very same quote. So tell me, here we are in this place where we know how desperately our country needs good leaders. Um, where are you seeing? Where are you seeing the lights come on? You know, and I know you work a lot with young people, but you're carrying this this um, battery recharger to help people step into their leadership. Where are you seeing that energy coming forth? Give us some encouragement about that. Well, I think there's two spots, two lanes. The first issue I see is if someone has an agenda and they are steadfast, they're holding on, they are dug in, then there's no reason to even try to reason with them. And so what I mean, if you talk to someone who is a Florida State fan or University of Florida fan, football starting up, or Alabama or Auburn fan, you cannot convince them that their team's not going to have a great year. Florida State hadn't been good in 10 years. You talk to a Florida State fan, oh, this is our year. Oh, we're going to be great. If they lose a game, oh, they cheated us. You ought to have seen those referees. So when you're a fanatic, fanatic, when you're a fan, that means you're fanatical. You're not in your right mind, which is okay in sports. 
but it's not okay in society. So we have people that are, they are staunch Republicans or Democrats or in their faith or in their social issues. And when you're so dug in, then there's no way to reason with you. And when that happens, we're divided. And when there's more than one vision, that's division. And so that's why our country is so divided. Because when you're blind by your beliefs, you have no leeway. So I'm a believer, as I call it. I'm a follower of the way. I believe in Jesus. The problem is if I think I'm the only one that's right and everyone else is wrong, the Barner Group says that statistics show that Christians don't want to listen to anyone else. But Jesus listens to everyone. He would let the Sadducees, the Pharisees, he would just let them talk. He wouldn't bite their head off. He would tell them what he believed. He would still love on them. We're missing that part of it. Yes. And our country's divided. We talked about this earlier. First, it was race. This isn't in the last five years. I'm not talking over the last 50, the last five years. It was race. And then it was the politics. Are you with Biden? Are you with Trump? And then, and now it's pandemic. Vaccination or not vaccination. So instead of saying, I don't agree with you, but I respect you, we say, if you don't think the way I think, I have no use for you. And the problem is we don't realize, and this is the coach in me, we're on the same team. Yes. So the problem is we have to get along. The quarterback can't say, I don't like your views on the LGBT community. I'm not throwing you the ball. We're going to lose the game. He's open. Throw him the ball. We have to get outside of ourselves, get out of our comfort zone, and realize we're all one race, the human race. We're all on one team, the same team. And if one part suffer, my favorite book says this, when one part suffer, all parts suffer. When one part rejoice, all parts rejoice with it. So when my brother is hurting, whether he's black, atheist, tall, short, fat, skinny, if he's hurting, I'm hurting. And if I'm not hurting, then I'm not empathetic toward his pain. And then by definition, I'm really not a human. I'm just taking up space. And so I believe we have a long way to go to answer your question when it comes to young people. What they have that we don't have, Beverly, and I know you're young, but we're not as young as they are. <laughs> what they have that we don't have, they don't judge. They don't care if you have blue hair. They don't care if you have holes in your jeans. They don't care if you're gay or straight or you're Catholic or Protestant. They don't care. We need to learn from them. Now, what they do not have is a truth. They don't know what they believe. They don't know what they stand for. They don't know who they are. So they lack in their identity of that, but they are much better than our generation when it comes to judging others. They accept everybody with love and with compassion, and we don't. I was raised this way. This is how I see it, and I don't care what they say, and we don't even know why. Why are you Baptist? Well, my family was Baptist. Why are you Democrat? Well, we've always been Democrat. That's not a good reason. And so I think we have a long way to go, but it's really simple. Just treat everybody like they're your relative. If we just treat everybody like they're our relative, we would do a better job of respecting one another. They're our family. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Because I did, you know, I think we've all seen a lot of divisions even in families. And, you know, what I told all of my family members last year when they would bring up politics and the temperature in the room would rise and the voice levels would rise. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to love you whatever you comes out of your mouth and I'm not going to let politics interfere with our relationship so you can say what you want to say you, you be who you're going to be because you're my family that's right and I'm going to you'll always be my family yes and there's been several presidents since you've been my family 
there's going to be several more. Yes. <laughs> and we're not always going to agree. Exactly. You know, and so I, ju I just don't understand why we can't be nice to each other. Exactly. I, I just, that part I don't get. Like, I don't understand why we think, to me it's arrogance. If, if I can be mean to you because we don't agree on something, that means I think I'm better than you. Exactly. It's a judgment. Right. And I should know because I know myself better than anyone that I'm not better than anyone. <laughs> You know, and so we have a long way to go, but uh, but hopefully conversations like this and, uh, and and some other things happen in society will help us. So that brings me to, I, I mentioned I wanted to bring this up because we both teach on diversity and inclusion. And I'm an older white lady and you're a older, younger, older. <laughs> a younger black man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have to admit that with all of the division and and strife and anger that we've seen um, on social media and you know all over the place in the last year, I I felt like we were ro rolling backwards faster, way faster than we may had had made forward progress over the years. So would you just address that? Would you just speak for a moment to um, what you what you have to say to people when you're invited to speak on diversity? Because we're getting hired to speak on right. it. Right. Um, and it's needed. It is needed. Right. So I just yeah. would love, while we're in this room together, to uh, to agree with you. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. I, 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 it depends who I'm talking to. I did a talk for Alabama Power, so their talk was a little bit different than the university I just spoke with because the age difference. Uh, but they people are open minded. First of all, we all have a bias. Mm -hmm. No matter, I don't care who you are, we have bias. Right. When I was on the committee, I was an assistant principal, and I was on the committee to hire teachers. The principal brought it to my attention that I was biased toward every applicant that played college sports. They told me I was biased. I said, I'm not biased. They said, you're biased. I said, listen, I'm probably the most non-biased person you know. And I just thought they were talking about race when they said bias. And I, just, I said, I'm not biased, guys. And so we went through and they said, every one of these applicants that you voted number one, because we had to rank them, what do they all have in common? This was over years, not this one. What do they have in common? I said, I don't know. I mean, there was, there was a white woman, a black man, a, a former. I mean, they said they all played college sports. And they were right. I was biased. To, I, in my mind, if they played college sports, they know how to manage a class. They're going to be good with discipline. They're going to be organized. And that's a bias. That's wrong. I didn't care if they were good at math. We were hiring a math teacher. I selected them based on something we had in common. So we all have bias, number one. But the number two thing is there's beauty and diversity. Yes. I don't, I've never been to your home, but everything in there is not alike. No. There's diversity in your home. There's diversity everywhere. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady drinks 24 glasses of water a day, or bottles of water a day. To me, that means he needs about 10 bathrooms in this house. That's a lot of water. So Tom Brady went and recruited Gronkowski, his buddy, because he needed his help. Gronkowski, does, he drinks 24 bottles a day, but it's not water. He drinks probably a lot of alcohol. He brags about drinking. He went and got a guy named Antonio Brown. They're different races. They come from different places. Antonio Brown's been arrested a few times for heinous crimes. But what Tom Brady realized, they're strong in the area where I'm weak, and we're better together, and I cannot accomplish my goals by myself. That team had four African-American coordinators that had never happened in the history of the NFL with someone winning the Super Bowl. And they had two full-time female coaches. A girl can coach football? They had two full-time females. They're the example for us that diversity works. Diversity is powerful. So what I tell people is respect everyone. 
actually play this clip from the movie um, A Time to Kill. I don't know if you remember that movie with Matthew McConaughey. And in that movie, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's in that movie, and it's based on a true story. It's a Grisham novel, and the young girl, 12 years old, African-American, is raped by two white men. And they urinate on her, and it's very graphic and very mean, and, and it's just it's a horrible scene. He has everyone in the courtroom close their eyes, and his summation, his closing marks to the jury, he describes this heinous crime and how they left her to die, and they hung her from a tree, and the branch broke, and she was left there to die, and they threw full cans at her of, of, of beer. And her face was ripped. Her flesh was ripped. And he talks about this black girl being beaten. And they're in a racist town, a divided town, a racially divided town. And as everyone's eyes are closed, and Matthew McConaughey does an excellent job, he says, now I want you to imagine this black girl dying in this alley in darkness. He said, but now I want you to imagine she's white. And the white people, they did a great job with the movie. They opened their eyes like, wow. Now I see it differently. Wow. So with George Floyd, what if the George Floyd was a police officer? And what if the other gentleman, what if he was the one on the ground? Would you see it differently? And so all we have to do is ask ourselves, what if that was my father, my mother, my brother, my cousin? How would I feel now? And so uh, I think diversity is awesome. Somebody said, I don't see race. I think, we, I think we're all the same. I, I, di I disagree with that. I, I do too. Yeah. I mean, you're black and I'm right. white. That's I think it's good that right. we're different. Yeah. I don't want to eat chicken every day. <laughs> I don't want to eat fish every day. I want to eat pasta sometimes. And I want a shrimp taco sometimes. And I want to go get me some flounder one day. I want a diverse palate, diverse meal. Yes. I want diverse. So we all enjoy diversity. I don't know what's on your playlist, but it's not all worship music or all gospel or all country or all. It's a mixture. Yes. We love diversity. There's yes. no way, and I'll be quiet, there's no way Garth Brooks, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, those three, uh, you make it throw in the Beatles, there's no way they can be the top four all-time selling artists unless everyone enjoy their music. If only black people like Whitney Houston, she couldn't be the top artist. If only, only people who like country music like Garth Brooks, he can be a top artist. It's not enough. These people show that we all like, a, depending on my mood. Yeah. Some mood I want to jam out. Yeah. Some mood I want to relax. If me and my wife go on a date, I don't want to listen to Welcome to the Jungle. I want to listen to Luther Vandross. <laughs> you know? So diversity is beautiful. We must embrace it and respect people who are different. I love that. I do. In fact, the, one of the examples that I use with people is I talk about that we, uh, in our house, we have both mirrors and windows. If we had all mirrors in our house, it would not be healthy. And, and I explained that mirrors are the people that are like us. You know, we do, our best friends tend to be mm -hmm. more like yep. us. But we better have those windows because it's, it opens up the world. I'm still in that. Yeah. I love it. I love it's it. awesome. Um, okay, so we're talking about the beauty of diversity. And I know that you mentioned your wife and dating. And I know that you love speaking to the health of families. In fact, before we close, I want to hear about your books. I didn't mention you've written 11 books. And you've got another, you've got another one coming out right now, like in a couple weeks or a couple days. Um, so... When it comes to diversity in personality and marriage and 
families. I, I want to hear what, why are you so passionate? And, and I, as I am, I've been married over 40 years. Wow. I got to get out my congratulations to figure out the anniversary. You need to ask up. yourself this question, not me. <laughs> no, but I know that one, once again, we see it as a great need in America mm-hmm. of building up and strengthening families. So how do you, how are you doing that? How are you speaking to that? And give us some good news about that because you've got all this other good news. Well, I, I just think, to me, the most important commodity, for lack of a better word, the most important thing we have are children. Nothing else really matters. I, when I talk to teachers, I say, parents are sending you their best. So why don't you give your best? So for me, and this is not, this is not the biblical answer. I'm just, as the young people say, I'm just keeping it real. I want to be married for my children. So if I have a bad day with my wife or a bad week or a bad month, I got to think what's best for me and what's best for us. And it's better for families if parents stay together, in my opinion. This is why. You can't be at every softball game. You can't be at every base. You can't be at every recital. You can't. So if you have children all over the place, relationships all over the place, you're only one person. So it's better to sacrifice and just be that one person. The other thing is, I believe I was created to be married. I believe that's the will for my life. Not everybody, but for me. And there's beauty in the diversity of us. I'm loud. I'm out there. Tanika's not. All right? I think I'm smart. Tanika's really smart, like for real. Um, we're, we're very different. I'm, we're into different things. We like different things on television. And so the ultimate sign of love and appreciation is I'm going to sacrifice what I want for what you want. I'm going to not do what's best for me, but do what's best for us. And so our children are a product of us. I got two compliments about my son this week, about his relationship with other people's sons and how he's added value to their lives. And I I sat in his room last night and I just told him, fighting back tears, son, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is a win. This is better than a touchdown. This is better than a home run. This is better than he loves a skateboard. So this is better than you going to the Olympics and winning a medal in skateboarding. One of his friends just won a gold, I mean, a bronze medal at the freestyle games and the Olympics. And he was excited about that in Tokyo. And so, but I said, two parents contacted me and said, your son changed our family with the way that he added value to my son's life. I said, son, we win. That's a win. Like that's, it's over. That's it. And these two children happen to be a different race than him. So that, that's what we're trying to build. But that happens through marriage. Kenneth sees me with his mother. Not perfect, but married. And so I think if you've been married 40 years, there's been some bad days. Yeah. Maybe in bad week. If you add it all together, Bobby Bounce said this. He said, you know, I've been married 63 years. And he said, well, 50 good years, 63 all together, you know, and, uh, and everybody left. But that's just real life. If you're going to be with somebody that that's long, right. there's going to be some days you think, you know what? I might pack my stuff up and get out of here. That's just reality. And so I just want to fight for families. My parents were divorced. Uh, it, it, it hurt to this day. Uh, my dad remarried. My mother passed away. Uh, but, and, and I love my stepmom. She's become a mom to me. She's a phenomenal grandmother. Uh, but I fight for families. The ha- most heartbreaking thing is one of my coaches would come to me and say, Coach, can I talk to you? I said, what's up, man? Me and my wife thinking about getting a divorce. And, and to be honest, I don't really care about the grown folks. How is this going to impact the children? Because they're going to have to be separated from one of you. And the best opportunity to grow is to have the best of both of you. And that's just my opinion. So I fight for families. I don't judge people who don't. 
But I want to win at home. Sameless plug for my book. And I think we try to win in the office. We try to win in every other thing. If you watch documentaries, you see all these successful athletes, entertainers, and business executives. And when they interview their family, nine times out of ten, their family say, yeah, dad was great. Or mom was great, but we never saw them. That's right. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. And so exactly. what, at what cost? You know, is it worth your family to accomplish all these goals? And balance is difficult, but it's worth trying for. It's worth fighting for. So I fight for families. Definitely not the perfect man. Definitely not the perfect husband or father. But I've been coach of the year. And I've been teacher of the year. But I don't know if I've ever been husband of the year. And so my goal is, however much time I have left on this earth, I want to win that award at least once. I want to be husband of the year once. And I've been husband of the week. I've been husband of the weekend, husband <laughs> of the month maybe. I don't know about husband of the quarter, but I definitely have never won husband of the year. And I want to win husband and father of the year. I love that because it is the foundation. And you said it's not about me, it's about us. And I think that is so key because that is... You know, I just, uh, one of my favorite leadership books is written by the guy who started UPS. And his whole thing was, it's not about me, it's about we. That that was like his whole company mm-hmm. philosophy. I One of my favorite sayings is, get over yourself, it's not about That's you. Right. And so what I hear you saying, and now I do want you to talk about your book, because you know, whenever I teach, we're just so on the same page, Willie. I have to just say that, that, um, you know, I, I, I say this is, I, I teach in the corporate and business settings, but I say everything I'm teaching you applies at home. And if you don't apply it there first, you don't qualify to be here. That's right. Because if you, it's like you don't, if you don't know how to build a foundation, if you can't lead well in the living room, I don't care what you're doing in the boardroom. So with all that, talk to us about your um, your books and what what's burning in you right now with these books and the podcast that's coming out. Tell us about that. Well, before we go to Win at Home, I talked to you real quick about bib or apron. Okay. So the question is, are you wearing a bib or are you wearing an apron? Are you saying, gimme, 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 or are you saying, how can I serve you? Uh, I love speeches. I'm a, I'm a speaker like you, so I study orators. And I love, uh, it was at uh, Rice University, John F. Kennedy he made some crazy statements. One of them was that we were going to be on the moon in the next 10 years. In 1962, that was ridiculous. In another speech, he made another crazy statement. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That's so backwards from our thinking. We want to know, what, do I, what else do I get? Is that a combo meal? What comes with it? Or it's a new car? What kind of rebate do I get? What's the warranty on? Like, it's all about me. What am I going to? And in some instances, we have to ask those questions. But when it comes to life, I want to serve. So this book, I wrote it with a guy named Dr. John Ed Matheson. At one time, he was named the most 20, he was the 25th most influential pastor in the country in 2005. He was a pastor at Fraser United Methodist Church. Uh, in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Amazing man, 83 years old. We wrote that book together, Bib or Apron. It's available on Amazon or WillieSpears.com. The next one is Win, W-I-N, at home. There's a book coming out January 15th. It's going to be a collection of articles I've written over the last year about winning at home. It covers politics, it covers sports, entertainment, and how we can learn from others about winning at home. Last week's article was about my cousin who passed away. And it talked about how he won at home. His home was work. 
He worked all the time. The people at his funeral talked about how he loved to go to work and he was so friendly and so nice. And so that became his home because that's where he spent most of his time. And he won there because he made people feel better about themselves. This week, the article is about discipline and about leaving a legacy and how it's more important to what we leave in our children than what we leave to our children. Whatever I leave to my child may get wiped away by Hurricane Michael, may get wiped away in bad investments. But whatever I leave inside him, inside her, will last forever. And so this week's about it. So all those articles are in the, in the book, Win at Home. I also wrote a Win at Home devotional about the life of King David. How King David was an amazing warrior in the Bible. He was an amazing king, but he was a lousy husband and a lousy father. And so many of us excel at work but not at home. And I'm guilty. Uh, my wife passed by the table one day when I was watching football film, and she said, I wish you worked that hard on us. And unfortunately, the man in me, and I hate to, to bring gender in, but the man in me said to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not beating you. I'm not cursing you out. I'm paying a mortgage. Like, what else do you want here? But I didn't take that same approach in coaching. I didn't do just the bare minimum in coaching. I always did extra. I would preach to our team, make extra your norm. I would preach to our coaches, make extra your norm. If you watch the episode of Seinfeld, that's 30 minutes, we could have got better. If you watch Law and Order, that's one hour, we could have got better. If you went fishing, hunting, golfing, those are four hours that we could have got better. So I preach that at work, but at home, I'm doing just the bare minimum to get by. Paying the mortgage, I'm a nice guy. What else do you want? And shame on me. And so Garth Brooks said it recently in a documentary that he won in the 90s when it came to the stage, but he lost at home. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, he was a head coach of Dallas Cowboys. He said in his Hall of Fame speech two weeks ago that he never went to one of his son's games, literally middle school, high school or college. Shame on him. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging him, but that's the statement he said. Let's learn from these guys. Yeah. Let's, let's win at home where it counts. Shame on us if we win, like you said, in the boardroom, but not in the living room. We're the top executive, but we're the worst father. And you see that often. Look at someone who's risen to fame and look at the bottom. Does that last paragraph say happily married to or that last paragraph say something about their education or the last paragraph say something about them fathering children or having children? And this sounds mean, but it takes zero commitment to bring a baby into the world from the man's side. It doesn't take a lot of commitment. It takes commitment from the woman to bring the child into the world, but not to be a good parent. It takes commitment to be still married, to be a spouse. If you say you've been married 40 years, I don't need to know the story. I know. I, I say in my book, if I see rat droppings in a corner, I don't need to see the rat. I know there's been a rat here. If I see spider webs, I don't need to see the spider. I know there's been a spider. Like the evidence is here that a rat or a spider was here. If you've been married 40 years, I know there's been an argument. Yes. I know there's been a you get on my nerves. I know there's been a I can't believe you spent money on that. I know there's been a why do you say that to me? I, like 40 years, there had to be those moments and you're still together. So that speaks to commitment, perseverance, forgiveness, compromise, being uncomfortable, sacrifice. That 40 years says that if I go see a person and, and I have a friend of mine, he was a phenomenal college football player. He's gained a lot of weight. He says, man, people look at me act like I'm big or something. I said, buddy, you've gained a little bit of weight. <laughs> yeah. He said, really? Well, I can look at him and tell. He hadn't been in the gym. I can just look at him and tell. He's my best friend. But you haven't been in the gym. You've been at the buffet, but you haven't been in the gym. <laughs> so so we, we don't want to admit it. But when we look at a person, their culture is seeping out of their pores. 
And when you've been married 40 years, whether it's been 20 happy, 38 happy, whatever, there's commitment there. There's perseverance. And it says a lot about And it's, so nowadays, that's a miracle to be married that long. So I'm at 18. I'm praying we make it to 40. You will. Okay. I'm, you will. Okay. I believe in miracles. Amen. I gonna, see them every day. If, if you talk to my wife, she's going to tell you it's going to take a miracle. <laughs> I believe in miracles. We could go on and tell the stories. So your website, tell us your Will, website. WillieSpears.com. I tell people Willie like Willie Nelson and Spears like Britney Spears. Okay. My two cousins. There you so go. Willie diversity. Spe- diversity. That's right. <laughs> and music and race and age and gender, everything. <laughs> WillieSpears.com. That's great. Yeah. I can't thank you enough. I could talk to you for hours. This has been so much fun. Uh, I look forward to having my audience get access to all of your resources. And thank you. Just thank you so much. Well, thank you for what you do and is needed. And, and your passion and your heart is there. Like it's very obvious. We just happen to have the microphone on. This is our same conversation when the microphone wasn't on. Yes. So thank you for sharing your gift with the world and your example is in marriage and your example as a person. And I'm looking forward to seeing the great things going to happen in your life. And same to you. The best is yet to come. That's right. Yes, yes, yes.